You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 145th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for some years now. Uh, We don't have Jacques with us today, but we do have a special guest, Jack McLean from Equity Generation Lawyers. Welcome to the program, Jack. Thanks, Jennifer. Great to be here. Real pleasure. Uh, We had Jack McLean on the program early last June when he explained a landmark decision by the Federal Court that the Environment Minister, Suzanne Lay, has a duty of care to protect young people from climate change when making decisions about fossil fuel projects. So back in June 2020, we also talked with one of the eight activist students who brought this case to the Federal Court, Bella Bergemeister. Unfortunately, uh, the federal government appealed this decision and the decision has recently been reversed. But uh, before talking about this, Jack, and helping us understand it, perhaps you can tell us a bit about Equity Generation Lawyers. What does your firm do and how did it come about? Sure. Um, So, yeah, we're a small um, legal practice based in, in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, we've been up and running for three or four years now, um, and we specialise in Australian climate change law um, and particularly climate change litigation. Um, and for those that of you that maybe aren't um, lawyers or haven't had much experience with the legal system, um, litigation is, is, is running cases in, in courts. Um, and we do that on behalf of a range of different clients, um, whether they be Um, young people who are looking to hold government ministers accountable to keep them safe um, from climate change harms or um, investors or shareholders of companies who are concerned um, that those companies are being mismanaged on the basis of management of climate change risks um, or uh, superannuation um, fund holders who are um, wanting their super funds to um, invest their funds um, in a sustainable fashion and are concerned that um, those funds are not being um, invested in a sustainable fashion. Um, there's, there's a range of different work that we do um, and it, it's really not focused on any um, one area of law um, because the climate crisis is obviously at a very all-encompassing crisis mm-hmm. um, and you know, it touches every area of our politics and our society, our economy, um, and that our legal practice really um, works to aim, aims to work with with a, a range of different people and organisations throughout the country um, to try to hold people responsible um, for climate change risk and climate change harm through Australian courts. 
Mm, it's obviously really valuable work you're doing there, uh, Jack. So thanks for explaining that. And so I, I guess getting to this specific decision, uh, can you explain why the federal court reversed a previous decision and found that the environment minister, Minister Lay, did not have a duty of care to protect young people from climate harm when considering fossil fuel proposals? Yeah. Yeah. So for, for those who are maybe not, um, again, too familiar with how the, kind of the, the federal legal system works, there, there's a what's called a court hierarchy. So there are various levels of courts. Um, our clients filed in um, in intermediate court called the Federal um, Court of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2020, um, I was going to say last year, but that was not last mm-hmm. year. Um, and uh, about a year ago, um, a, a first instance judge of that court found in their favour um, mm-hmm. and, and found that the minister did have a duty of care um, to um, avoid causing climate harms to the children of Australia when considering whether or not to approve a new coal mine. Um, that was then appealed by the minister quite quickly, mm-hmm. um, and the appeal was heard by another court, what's called the full court of the Federal Court of Australia, which is, in this occasion, was three judges um, of the same court sitting in an appellate capacity. Um, and, and that case was heard at the end of last year, and judgment was handed down um, in March and in April um, of, of this year. Um, and the the appellate judges found in favour of the minister, they um they they just dismissed our client's cause of action um, and accepted the appeal which had the effect of reversing the previous judge's findings that the minister was under a duty of care um it, it was a, a bit of a um a disappointing day for our clients of course um who um you know brought this cause of action on behalf of not only themselves, but on behalf of 5 million other Australian children um, in really a a last-ditch effort to try to um, ensure that the government would take their futures seriously um, Mm -hmm. and stop approving climate-wrecking fossil fuel projects like new coal mines. Mm -hmm. Um, Our clients had obviously... You know, a, a long history of um, you know, for, you know, for young people, um, long relatively in their lives, um, of advocating for climate action. Um, they had all been part of the school strike for climate movement, um, which has been a very powerful force um, uh, in, in Australia and is is affiliated with um, you know, school strike networks and Fridays for Future networks around the world of, of school children who take the day off school and um, try to push their elected representatives to do better on climate. Mm-hmm. Um, un- unfortunately, we our, our clients' um, legal arguments were not accepted by the appellate judges. Um, it, it was a quite challenging case legally. We were trying to do something that has never been done before um, to, to get the court to recognise what's called a novel duty of care. So there, there are many types of duties of care. Um, duty of care is a legal concept, which... Um, basically just says that one person has um, the responsibility to take reasonable care to avoid causing someone else or multiple people um, harm through their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the law has a, a mechanism to, there are a number of, of, of existing and kind of recognised duties of care. Um, for example, you know, it could be 
uh, a driver might have a duty of care to pedestrians, for example, or um, others who are you know, passengers in their vehicle. That's a, a, a very commonplace example. Um, but when the when a plaintiff, such as our clients, go to the court to to, to seek a recognition of a new duty of care, so you know, one that has never been recognised before, um, that's called a novel duty of care, and it can be quite challenging to to get the court to recognise that. Yeah. Um, the courts, you know, um, the common law in Australia, which is you know, the basis of our of our legal system, um, develops, but it develops quite slowly, um, mm-hmm. and it develops through these kinds of cases. So, um, unfortunately, the court um, was not ready to extend um, um, the the concept of the duty of care to, in this instance to to the minister, mm-hmm. um, but this won't stop our clients from pursuing other avenues, um, mm-hmm. both legal and otherwise, to and try to ensure a safe future for them and their friends uh, and their families. Yeah, I suppose it's very challenging working within the law because this doesn't mean that the judges personally think governments shouldn't be responsible for young people, climate change necessarily. It's just what is um, the, whether duty of care is the proper avenue of law to get the minister to take so, responsibility. That's exactly right. And, I mean, a, a very key part of of this case was was the question here was not does climate change exist does Mm -hmm. burning coal cause climate change will children suffer immense harms Mm -hmm. um, as a result of climate change in the future Um, you know does the minister have the responsibility to approve new coal projects does the federal government have the responsibility to set climate policy uh, at the national level, none of those questions were in conflict. Um, mm-hmm. The court recognised that um, you know that the, the science on climate change is is settled. It's been settled for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that burning coal causes immense harm to human health um, and you know, to environments, um, and that that harm is is cascading um, and mm-hmm. risks tipping off and falling into what's called a hothouse earth scenario, um, which is mm. truly devastating, which is where tipping points, mm. um, you know, it warming triggers tipping points, which then trigger themselves and you, mm. you end up in a cascading situation where you know, the environment gets hotter and hotter and, and we can't do anything about it. Mm. Um, what the so, so none of those issues were in contention here. Um, even the minister didn't, didn't um, uh, seek to have the court um, you know, not recognise the science. Um, but what was at issue here in the appeal was whether the court, um, in this case the federal court, is the appropriate place, um, the appropriate mechanism um, uh, to adjudicate these issues. Yeah, I see. And Yes, the appeal courts, the appeal judges found that um, the, the the court is not the appropriate mechanism um, mm. to adjudicate these issues. Um, they, this is an issue of, of, of policy, um, which is to be set by the federal government um, and mm-hmm. not a question of, of law to be litigated. Uh, our clients, yeah. have, uh, of course, disagree with that approach, and that was not the argument that we put forward um, to the court. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are alternative, um, you know, viewpoints to to explore that, um, but it's a yeah. legitimate area where reasonable minds can can differ. Yeah, and so where does it go to from here? Are they going to pursue it further, or is this going anywhere? 
Um, so our clients have decided not to appeal, uh, uh, not to pursue an appeal to the High Court of Australia, mm-hmm. um, which is Australia's yeah. apex court. Um, uh, so this case will, will will not progress any any further. Okay. Um, but having having said that, uh, this will you know this was part of you know a small part of a very big movement, um, both um, in um, in terms of the politics and you know, social developments around climate yeah. change, but also around the legal developments. Um, there's a there's a lot of litigation going on around climate change. Yeah. And this is only going to, you know, increase in, in, in the years to come. Which is great. Well we can talk about that a bit more after the break. We'll now go to a music break with Sames by Melbourne band Jala. And if you listen carefully, some of the lyrics are I don't want to stay the same and change. So here's Jala.
when you compare an old growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally, like older, wetter forests slow down the path of fire and this is actually quite a well-known phenomenon. Historically these big large fires have been quite rare but what we've seen in the last 20 years is they're becoming quite a lot more common so we've had three in the last 20 years. This is definitely because of climate change which is making our ecosystems a lot drier and the fire weather more intense. We need to keep radical voices on air subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm talking with Jack McLean from Equity Generation Lawyers about the recent decision by the Federal Court that the Environment Minister does not have a duty of care to protect young people from climate change. Uh, And as Jack was explaining before the break, this reversed a previous court decision that Minister Lay did have such an obligation or duty of care is the more precise way to say it. Um, So personally, I find it utterly shameful that the Environment Minister, Suzanne Lay, fought against the idea that she has a duty of care as the Environment Minister to protect young people from climate harm in her decisions. So this is the Environment Minister. If she doesn't have an obligation to protect young people from climate harm in general, who does? And and I guess I'd want to know what she there for anyway, being well paid for by our, obviously our taxes and um, and all the expertise she would have at hand paid for by our taxes and plus having that position of responsibility. So anyway, my own dismay aside, Jack, I know a lot of listeners will be concerned for the young activist students who took this up to the federal court and, as you've said, have worked very hard on this for a, a few years now and they really, I believe, took the world on their shoulders in the process So the recent decision must have been a big blow for them. And and how are they holding up? Yeah, look, it was a big blow. Um, These these students are between the ages of 15 and and 18. Um, They are so passionate um, Mm -hmm. uh, about um, climate justice. Um, for, For a lot of them, it's kind of their life mission at the moment. Um, and you can see why this is their future that they're going to live into. So um, just as they were elated at the decision, uh, the first instance decision, um, the appeal court decision has, you know, was a tough pill to, to swallow, um, but it hasn't diminished the flame. Um, it hasn't diminished our client's energy. Mm. Um, it's just clarified our, um, their mission um, and and what they are going to seek to do going forward. Um, a, a lot of them, you know, through this process, have have learned a lot about um, themselves, um, and uh, you know, a number of them want to now be lawyers themselves um, and uh, going to law school. Um, so you'll you'll see them around the the next generation of leaders who are going to hopefully lead us out of this um, this mess that um, the last couple of generations have led us into. 
Mm. <clears throat> well, that's really good to hear, um, Jack, and I really look forward to that. And it has crossed my mind seeing the, all these young activists when they're being treated so dismissively. They're 15, 16, but it's not many years before they're, they're in the adult world and able to um, take up that power. So that's really good to hear. And what about you, Jack? Have you had your own moments of despondency or optimism? Um I mean, like like anyone, I, I have many moments of despondency and optimism throughout any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, look, we're, we're, we have a, a range of, of cases on foot. We've got a range of cases that we're um, you know, developing with clients. Um, we know that one case can't solve the climate crisis. We know that litigation itself can't solve the climate crisis. What we need to do is is chip away at these structures that have been built over decades and, uh, and, and in some cases centuries um, mm. that have prevented action. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, one way of doing that uh, and the way that we have chosen um, at, our, at our firm is to represent clients that we do and and take on the cases that we do um and you know this doesn't diminish our resolve to continue doing that work and and we know that there was a lot there's a lot of good that has come out of this case i mean mm-hmm. um the, the you know our, our clients have had a um a platform to speak directly to the australian public um and, and the international press um we put on a range of um, very compelling evidence before the high, before the federal court um, about climate harm, and, and that was all accepted. And, mm. and that's a really important step forward mm. in the future of climate litigation. So mm. you have to take your wins where you get them. Um, and it's you know this work is about building um, building a, a, a movement and a you know a, a, a line of in my case um, um, legal cases that push the needle. In, in our clients' favour, um, and and that's in the the favour of you know, more action on climate change, um, mm-hmm. not less, um, and taking our you know, heads out of the sand um, and, and acting as fast as possible to stop the approval of of new fossil fuel projects and start redirecting our efforts and our energies and our dollars towards um, sustainable options that um, are the only alternative um, for the future if we. Um, want to continue to prosper. Yeah, and I'd have to agree that the publicity um, that's come from this case has really raised the profile of global warming and the need to do something pretty urgently about it. And there's been an immense groundswell of goodwill uh, and support for the young people I know in the general population. So I'd have to agree that um, it's been really a positive contribution to the broader movement to do something about global warming. And, um, of course, we do have a federal election coming up with voting on the 21st of May. So that's something to think about as well. And climate change has re- is really a key issue in this coming up election, which are, um, a lot of candidates are take, having a platform around. So I noticed, according to the last report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, um, they that came out recently, we need to move really quick smart to avert catastrophic catastrophic global warming. And we've absolutely no more time to lose, really. Governments have to slash emissions this decade and transition away from fossil fuels. And in saying this, uh, we know that this comes from 
a scientific report from the experts, from the IPCC, not from a political report to win an election. So I'd like to quote Anjali Sharma, one of the young activists who argued that the Environment Minister had the duty of care to protect young people from climate harm. And this is what she recently was quoted as saying in The Age, quote, this election is so instrumental because it is the last meaningful opportunity we have to make our voices on climate change heard, unquote. So whoever people vote for, I suggest they have global warming front of mind. Uh, What will the candidate do to address global warming? Will they refuse new fossil fuel projects? Will they support a transition to sustainable energy, etc.? So that, that just a few of my thoughts. Any final words from you, Jack, before we wind up the interview? Um, well, I mean, just lingering on that on that last point. I mean, it's an absolute privilege to have worked with these um, these students. Um, uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of them are, have or are turning eighteen this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Anjali is turning eighteen three days before the federal election. Um, which mm. is which is very exciting. So she gets to to vote at this election, um, and you know, I'm sure we'll see her. Um, well, at least I hope to see her you know, playing a, a role in our democracy for years to come. Um, mm. And you know, the, these students are a really powerful force, um, and you know, young people in general care about climate change a, a lot, and that's going to um, influence how they how they vote, how they act, um, and you know how they invest um, and that's you know only only a good thing. Unfortunately, we don't have too much time um, to, mm. to let that goodwill filter up. Mm. We need to have top-down solutions as as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's an interesting time, um, but it's it's great to um, have been able to come on and uh, talk about these things. Yes, and, and and thank you, Jack, for taking up this fight and um, with your colleagues and um, supporting the young people through this. Um, you've, you're obviously making a huge contribution to doing something about global warming at a really pivotal moment in history. And um, I'd like to also thank you for coming on the program today. Uh, we, you've really helped us, I think, better understand the federal court's latest decision that the Environment Minister, Susan Lay, doesn't have a duty of care to protect young people from global harm. But you've also helped us put it in perspective and see the bigger picture. And, and it's part of a, a bigger movement and a lot of good came out of this case. And, and you've, I suppose, you know, um, let us see, there is still hope and a reason to keep being active in the face of impending global warming. So on to our community announcements. There's a school strike for climate event on the 30th of April, a community forum at the Box Hill Town Hall. The the organisers are bringing together candidates in the electorate of Chisholm to ask them what they intend to do about global warming if they're elected. So Chisholm's a marginal electorate and it's very important for determining who wins government in May. Um, so that forum is on Saturday, 30th of April, 1pm at the Box Hill Town Hall in Metropolitan Melbourne. So that's Saturday, 30 April, 1pm, Box Hill Town Hall. And for actions in other locations uh, from School Strike for Climate, just go to the web, 
www.schoolstrikeforclimate.com forward slash upcoming dash actions. So I'll just say that again, www.schoolstrike, and then number four, climate.com, and just look for upcoming actions. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to contact us, you can email Borderlands, that's borders at borderlands.org.au. Thanks also to Clive Bourne for his invaluable recording, technical production and music selection. Our programs are, <coughs> excuse me, our programs are available by podcast and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, and hear from our sisters and brothers in prison. To bring us into this program, we have Milkumana by King Stingray. Fire. 